Powerful Truth Angels, today we have Chris Howder. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, Mr. 90s, yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's apropos. You're 17 and your girlfriend stole your 22. It's a great place to start. Are we recording? Oh, we're Good. always recording. We're always live. Yeah, I was um, 17 in high school and I had a little, but 22, and she stole it. Why was she do- while I was asleep? Why? And I'm all mad, and I fucking stole it. <laughs> well, I actually I manipulated a younger kid out of it who stole it because I'm like, you can't have that. That's dangerous, or like whatever it was. And I scared him about it. You, if that's a stolen gun, you understand what'll happen with a stolen gun. It's like we got to get rid of this thing. Here, I'll get rid of it for you. <laughs> So was this the early 80s? Yeah, this was probably 1981. 81? 81 or 82. You're in high school. Mm-hmm. What kind of guy? Are you a punker guy? What kind of, are you surfing? What are you doing? You know, the 80s are weird. I mean, I would love to say I was a, a punker, but then a pure a punker would say you're not a punk enough, right? So... I mean, I saw, you know, I went to all kinds of punk shows all the time. Um, I had a mohawk at one period of time. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. was I a punker? I don't know. I mean, even then, pe- people would say, well, punk's already dead, dude. Yeah. You know, or, yeah, I mean, yeah. remember that, right? So I don't know. I mean, if, if I was a, a punker or not. Speaking of that whole punk thing, I'm going to show you. Remember I was telling you about that thing I was doing with those guys under the bridge? Yes, I saw your... Did I show you the film? A trailer of it. Or, yeah, yeah. that's fucking sick. It was crazy. So yeah. punk's never... Punk has always been dead since soon as it started, but it still is it always still alive. It still is always alive. Because right. there's a whole new wave of kids who are like, we're a fucking... A whole new wave And you know kids. what? The kids make the fucking... If they decide that punk's not dead, then it's not yes, fucking it's dead. Not it doesn't dead. matter what we think, that's what anyone right. else thinks. It's whatever the fuck they want to do. Youth, with the power of youth... Yeah. And I'll just say, here's my last word on politics. Here's the problem with the world. Is the youth drives a culture. They drive what's cool to wear, watch, listen to, and see. And then a bunch of old guys run money and the government power. Whereas the people, the Gen Xers currently, who have a little bit of both are the ones who really should be running the fucking world. We should be the filter. The in-between. The in-between. Well, because the the You're either too old and you don't understand what's fucking cool. You can't even operate a smartphone, but Trump or Biden, or you're too fucking young and have no wisdom. Whereas it's the in-between guys. It's the in-between guys should be making That's the policy. That's should be because making those policy. Old, those old yes. fuckers, they won't let go. They won't and let go. And they'll just they'll squeeze the life out of it until it's just only good for them and nobody else. And the new is too naive and dumb. Yeah. You can't just hug the fucking world. You can't hug the world. Okay, so you're... You got, so your yeah. girlfriend stole your 22 while you were she sleeping. She stole my 22 while That you got off school. a kid... You're yeah. you're going to high school in Manhattan. I manipulated or off a kid. My high school was in Redondo Beach, um, yeah. and I was a teenage alcoholic. I'm just a white suburban punk, right? Yeah. Of the movies, yeah. um, 
There were some good punk movies in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Repo Man is probably... Repo Man's one of the best. I think that's... Because it's, you know what it is? It's a punk movie that's also punk. Yes. Like, in a, like you know what I mean? There's movies about punk, but the movie is punk. The too. movie's punk itself. Alex yeah. Cox, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, that movie, yeah, that, all that shit is just so like... Yes, just... You go, and you go, I go back and watch and go, they really captured a fucking era. They did. You know? Absolutely grabbed... A mood. And he's got the suicidal shirt on yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. I think it's a Rick Clayton drawing. I could be wrong, but I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's Rick Clayton. I think you're right. Yep. Which is just right. even more, yep. right? Just so fucking cool. Emilio Estevez. And, and also, I love seeing young actors in their prime. Like Emilio Estevez. Yes. Just full just of testosterone and cum. Fucking killed it. Yeah. Just like. Fucking killed it. Right. Yep. Like those guys, like yep. you look at those guys in their youth and they I were know, like. Just fucking killed it. Yeah. But the 80s, it, and it's like. But, but obviously, right now, the, the 80s are kind of in, right? And which is cool because I came of age in the 80s. Um, the 80s really were a, a very cool and weird time, right? When I look back on the 80s, it's like, and I will say this and somebody who's woke will probably want to fucking the cancel up on my ass. But the, the 80s were so gay closeted gay yeah and when you grew up in the 80s and maybe it's still true i don't know because i'm out of touch now but young males were so concerned about being gay right almost like, oh my god someone's gonna think i'm gay right this oh fuck you're gay but yet culture, whether it was hairband rock and roll or... <laughs> right. Or... They had no idea. The guys that they loved... Yes. Like, they're, these dudes CBGB are like, I don't want to be gay, but they're... Underground, right? Yeah. All of it. They're worshiping Prince and, like, all that shit. And, like, right. that's, like, that's the most femme shit you've ever seen in your life. And like, the haircuts were so androgynous. Right, right, right. And right. they're like, I'm not gay, but, like, they're, like, you but know... But skinny jeans were yeah. fucking gayer than shit, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, it was just... But you could never say it. It was like... That that was where it was like the, the the gay world was in the closet and would not. It was it was just how do I say it without sounding like a homophobe, which I absolutely fucking am not. Um, no, it was a different. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a different time yeah. when being gay was a was more of like. In the 80s, it was like if you were gay, there's a the whole thing about coming out and telling your parents. I don't know, you know, just from watching from the outside. Yeah. And it was a big deal. Now I don't think it's as much of a big deal. But back then it was like, or right. they'd be like, hey, I heard I heard Tim's gay. And it was like, what? Right. Tim's gay. It was like he was a fucking And of alien. course, New York and LA, which were ahead of the time, right. were, are the ones where that, well, Those, the cultures. Right. And I don't want to pretend like it was only New York and LA, like clearly New Orleans, Washington, DC, Detroit, like all kinds of other areas came up with fucking cool art and and stuff. But and then they moved the, to LA to make it. But also everyone everyone you know everyone acts as if this is something that is like people have been gay since people have been fucking, right? right. It's been it's just right. been, you know the Greeks just, were fully gay. Yeah. If we, Socrates is like known as like yeah, but but we, you know we everyone <laughs> we decided everyone has to take issue with everything everything in their time without any context. Right? Now some would argue, and I don't know whether this is true or not or 
fully true or partially true, that it was really Christianity that kind of, when it swept through and ended the Roman Empire, and then we went to the uh, Dark Ages, and then rose out of it. Um, but th that's what created the anti-gay thing. But then others have said, and I, I heard this in a um, a pathophysiology lecture ages ago, that it was quite possible that what created the anti-gay movement way back when in the ancient times was the, the transmission of gonorrhea, syphilis, because it was killing Roman troops. Mm. Because it was so, it was spreading so fast. So it was a plague, in essence. A, a plague before the plagues of the Middle Ages, right? And, and I think we humans, we modern um, humans, even if you're aware of it, we're not really, we don't really grasp what life was like before we knew about microscopic organisms. <laughs> right. We just can't grasp that. Right. When what it, it would have been um, like but to have a wound and then it would start but to rot. It would kill you. It well, would start I, to rot, I, which I, would make you think, which in some ways is true, that you're rotting from the inside because you're evil or because of... Right. Whatever it is. Well, we're still, we're the problem. There's two. I remember reading about the Civil War Ugh. and that they didn't know that you have to clean instruments between right. operating. Right. They didn't like simple no. shit. Yeah. Right. But the problem, even now, what's happening is that there's so much information that now people are going back and going, I saw a thing where a guy was like, are germs even real? Like the misinformation right. is getting oh. so crazy. We're like, okay, now we're just gonna be like, germs right. are not real, sure. right? I like, know. That's I know. A, that, germs are, are something that's created by the liberal left to control the coal fire. Last night at midnight, I had one of my good friends who I'm gonna say is basically a liberal guy who is in the wellness lifestyle community who is starting to drift over into what I call the QAnon world. Yeah. He will say absolutely not, but he spent an hour last night trying to convince me that the vaccine is bad and a fraud and all these right. fucking things that, and, and it's killing people. Right. <laughs> and he's, we're having this talk where he's overseas yeah. and he's mad because he can't return because you have to have the vaccine control the government and as much as he hated Trump and this and he's going down the QAnon rabbit hole and I couldn't get a word in edgewise um, and I realized and what is fascinating and true of all fascist movements is like Orwell's 84 the language becomes, see, I would say that what, in order for fascism to become manifest, collective truth has to be killed. Mm. And then the loudest voice wins 
And the way that kind of works, it's like, how do I say this? Because one of my other good friends in 2018, but turned me on, but to QAnon, he'd been red pilled. And he's salt of the earth. Like one of the most honest guys I know, honest soul, would never harm, hurt anyone out of maliciousness. But if you believe that somebody else is harming children or whatever, that part of you, which is what they used to call after World War II, the good Nazis. The good Nazis, it doesn't mean what their actions are good and all that, and people will go, oh, there's no such thing as a good Nazi, and you'll clip a little piece out of me and turn me into a fascist. That's how fascism works is the language is twisted where you could take what I just said and make it sound like I said Nazis are good. Right. Where that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are very few, let's call it evil, bad but people. There's mostly good people who've been convinced that they're the bad ones. Right, but what's going on too with, right. with this whole, with the, these people getting flipped, right? Yeah is we are getting pilled getting pilled is that okay we're all brought up on television yeah right we're brought up to respect the news as children for a long time this is how it's this is we're presenting with the television right and let me interrupt but we're also brought up on massive realistic storytelling constantly that too that's a part of television we're primed to believe everything is a story even when it's real just like, go ahead. No, yeah, exactly. So we're all brought up in that way. So that's that's the that's the beginning. Then somewhere in the middle, reality TV hits, right? So right. that that changes because everything is a narrative that's presented to us. Now we're presented with this idea of reality TV as it's all a documentary that we're watching. But that's also being manipulated, and there's also a narrative built into that, and that's all structured. They, you know, they, they lead them along and they have them play all this thing. So then reality TV happens, which is the beginning of the end. Then social media happens and puts the power of media into the hands of everybody. Of the masses. Of the masses. And then what happens is since we're still following and being led along, we're still primed to watch this shit, people start making their own content. And they start making it really well. Really well. Right? And, and I, what right now is everybody loosely watching? The rich, spoiled white kid who takes his girlfriend on the road a trip in the van and either kills her or they get in a fight and she walks off and he abandons her and now he's right why are we all watching that well that's that's because they're youtube stars or tiktok stars or right i mean we can't help it even if you think even like me i fucking Facebook, I think, is 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 one of the worst things that ever, one of the best and the worst things ever created. Right. But at the same time, this interrupt me. Go, go. Okay. No, no. So we've been primed. 
People are making their own stuff. They make, remember Loose Change? I just, yes. I just listened to a whole podcast about this. I remember. Loose Change comes out. I it's really well produced. I watching it in 2004 you watch or five, it. whenever it. Yeah. And if you're reasonable for a week or two, you're like, this it makes sounded sense. Very it's really yeah. fucking compelling. Yeah. Sure. But if you look at it from, you know, put some space between it, you're like, oh, it's a whole bunch of fucking bullshit. But that's the beginning. So people start making these films. They start making them really well. And the problem is there's a whole bunch of people that can't tell the difference between Fox News in 1986 and Loose Change. Right. Because they've been led in an That's evolution. Right. Fox an News evolution. in 1986 was real news, right? And I mean, it was real news from a right wing Was it still right wing back then? I remember Fox yes. wasn't always right wing. No, it was always right wing. It was wing. always right? Okay. But it wasn't whatever Trump it is, TV. C- right, CNN, whatever. It, Let's it say was, the, and, you know. and the, the media... We got into fucking politics again. Doctrine, I know. God damn it, Chris. God. You son of a bitch. I'm trying to tell the Chris Howder story. And we, we get okay. sucked into Let's go back to Chris okay. Howder's story. Either way, it's fucked because we can't... Act. Okay, we're getting too much information and our brains don't know and how to it gets more it. polarized. Yeah. And... So we, people get flipped into... people. Reasonable people are now believing that there's a cabal of baby fucking psychos who control the world. And, and it's like, yeah, the, people are fucking babies, and, but they're not going to... But those in power... Right. ...grew up in the era of post-war with TV and movies. So we're all living in Playland at this point in time. When... The box arrived at my house of four options of the cereal. I was like, who's sending me the cereal? Because I have eaten the cereal before. And uh, I like I, I like anything that is a, a cheat. Any way I can cheat the system, beat the system, game the system, game the sugar codes, hack. Any way I can hack the sugar system, um, I, I will. Uh, Alex, do me a favor. Will you go grab me? There's an open box of, of Magic Spoon in the other room. I fucking love this stuff. I get some magic spoon. I put a little almond milk. It's a low carb treat. Is that the open box? See, give me that. See, this is proof that I be eating this shit because I like it, and it's my little it's my little treat on my journey to to become a, a less fat person. Uh, this is where I have my little reprieve, right? I have little things I enjoy. I have an apple once in a while. Have a magic spoon cereal. Now I'm gonna read the ad because that was not even that was just. Real talk. Okay, I've been trying to cut down on carb, sugar, slash unhealthy food and realize I basically can't eat anything anymore. You know what I miss? Uh, the best part of being a kid and it's usually and it's usually having a cereal that's full of sugar and having junk. What is it? What the fuck? I don't care what this is. I'm just going to tell you this. Fuck, fuck this copy. I, yes, when I was a kid and I got my hands on a bowl of someone else's because we didn't have it in the house or I probably can't bleep that. As soon as I got my hands on someone else's fruity cereal or sugary cereal, I would go fucking crazy. I would drink the fucking sugar milk after the cereal. I would make the most heaping bowl of cereal possible. Like when when Ice Cube and Friday gets that giant bowl for a cereal, that's I could not eat enough breakfast cereal. There's something nostalgic about breakfast cereal. It reminds me of Transformers. It reminds me of Voltron. It reminds me of the Thundercats. Three cartoons you've never heard of because you're not 40,000 years old. I'll tell you what, though. This fucking cereal is fire. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, I don't know what to tell you, but you get to you get to skip the cards, you get to skip the sugar, and you get to have all the fun of being a young person who has not yet discovered puberty. Uh, there are zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each 
serving. It only has 140 calories a serving. It's a keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Excuse me, let me reiterate. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. It's basically heaven in a bowl. Variety pack, it's four flavors. There's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. I'm still going through the fruity. I'm going to make my way to Frosted, and on the way to Frosted, I'm going to get into the peanut butter. I'm going to tell you, that's going to be a fun day in this household. The thing is, I don't need to read this fucking copy because I this stuff tastes like, it's, it's great. It tastes like what those old sugary cereals taste like. And I feel like when I'm having some Magic Spoon that I'm cheating, but I'm not because, again, there's hardly any net carbs, very low calories. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, non-soy, and grain-free. Uh, basically I'm eating a box of health and it feels like I'm having the treat of my life. Uh, go to magicspoon.com forward slash PTA to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code PTA checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their products. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Did you hear that? That's a 100% happiness guarantee. You will be thrilled with this cereal once you buy this cereal and get it in the mail. You can only buy it online as far as I know. And you get it in the mail and it's just like a little mini Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday you fucking celebrate. And I really don't care because it's great. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash PTA and use the code PTA to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I love you. I know that Magic Spoon is just some young Turks out in the world who decided to start a, 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 a company based on cereal because that's what my girlfriend told me because she she knows one of them somewhere. So it's 1982. It's You're 1982. in Redondo. Your girlfriend steals your 22. Yes. Who you got another guy to steal for you. Or you... You you gamed him out of it. I tricked him out. You tricked him out of it. Why did you have a twenty two in high school? Because America loves we love our guns. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. You're in high school. You're going to punch. And I own guns, everybody. It's fucking true. Um, (laughs) I'm not anti gun. I'm not fucking Second Amendment, cling on or die either. Um, I'm pretty neutral on that issue as well. Okay, go ahead. Guns are guns are great. Good, <laughs> listen. Praise the Lord, Pat. Live in ammo. L.A. <laughs> yeah, I, bro, I grew up around. Guns were a part of like the fabric. Like, do you, you know that that in L.A. County alone, there are more small arms than the entire U.S. Marine Corps has. <laughs> really? Yep. There's so many guns. There's so many. Guns. <laughs> so many fucking guns. It's like pot. Yeah. How do you make it illegal? I mean, it's yeah. like the fucking cats out of the bag. Uh, you so can't put that shit back in. No, right. no, Go it's ahead. over. Okay, so you're in high school. You're going to punk shows. Are you? You're drink. You're doing acid, so you're obviously drinking. You're partying. I'm doing fucking. Everything. You're going ham. I'm accessible. You're accessible, and your trajectory at that point, you're not doing. Are you doing jiu-jitsu I've yet? Draw, I've, 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 I'm two or three years of leaving the college-bound classes, chess club, yeah. chemistry club, okay. into the fucking. Because you're obviously a smart guy, and you obviously I'm smarter than the average. Sure, and and, and you obviously were, and that's something that's you were always smart. Probably it's not just like I you, probably you're wiped out a lot of brain you, cells. You wiped out a lot, a lot. So you're fucking around, you're partying. 
Are you doing, are you training back then? Are you, are you athletic? Martial arts is something that I always was obsessed with because I had a big mouth. I stuttered. Yeah. I, I was easily insulted. So I fought a lot. You were sensitive. Yeah. Okay. I fought a lot. So you were fighting from jumping. You're like, I might as well get good at this. I, I was always, yes, I better learn. You, you, you know, like, and, and again, I'm not going to get into some gloomy, but childhood, because ultimately, but childhood I thought was, in for most part, was pretty fun. I mean, it's a mix, right? It's 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 a blend of everything. But, but yeah, I, as a kid, watching, the Vietnam War on the TV, the Charles Manson front page of the L.A. Times, whatever it was, the hippies across the, the street who would regularly beat his girlfriend while pulling her hair, dragging it across the fucking street. Fucking I saw hippies. the world as a violent place yeah. where adults were pretending before that became a term. Adults were just a bunch of fucking us kids pretending uh, and playing this weird fucking you game. You saw that early, huh? I saw that very early on as a kid. I didn't see that. Like, what the fuck is this thing life? And and is anybody really responsible? Is anybody really an adult around here? I know they're telling me. And I know my the parents clearly had more experience, but I didn't see anyone as being necessarily mature. And I saw those who were mature. I'm not saying it this is true. It's just how my little kid grammar school brain perceived of the world was that yes people care but people are but adults are unaware and the cop that shows up because the neighbor's slapping his girlfriend again and they're screaming again that that nothing stops it or intervenes it's that everything is just kind of, it was that post hippie 70s era of weird, what are, what is a, America anymore chaos? Like violent. I remember seeing some violent hippies in my youth. Even, even you know, I'm younger than you are. But, but the hippie much. dream, yeah. The, 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 the liberal dream of, 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 of the hippies, most, his, most cultural historians will say by 69 had died. Well, hippies are also like and Manson was the nail in the coffin, right? Typically, passive aggressive pieces of shit, <laughs> right? A lot of times, but right? it's also what gave rise to the yippie and the Ayn Rand libertarian uh, movement, which is almost the same philosophy, just kind of flipped around on the right, right? Right? Um, if it feels good, do it, man. Right. I that's mean, 70s, that's kind that's of 70s, the that's Ayn 70s. Randian eighties. Right, it's, that's seventies parenting too. Seventies parenting was like, "Hey, man, right, whatever, you hands know? off, hands off." So right. you're, so you, which is you, good and bad, like sure. everything. So you, so you kind of get you get the news that uh, you're gonna have to fend for yourself. You see some shit. You're like, I need to fucking fight. I need to take care of myself. You start. You when do you start training? To I fight? did um, well karate as a kid. Yes, and it was one of those things where karate promised you like a cult that 
you're you just have to get to the next level yeah. and then it will work. Yeah. Right? Yeah, fucking karate is bullshit. Not no, that no. it's all bullshit. No, it's not all bullshit. Not that I mean, it's kind of a pyramid scheme though, because you're it's doing a pyramid scheme. You're doing kata yeah. for years, and sure. you're like, when do I get to fucking punch Ultimately, somebody? Ultimately, it's a pyramid scheme. Right. Ultimately, <laughs> all cults, all cults right. are a pyramid scheme. It's all based on grains of truth. Otherwise, they you couldn't begin a cult. You have to have elements of truth. If you become a master, you're gonna be you'll be able to fight anyone like, like a conspiracy, right? Right. And. So who's the guy that tore through the UFC with karate uh, like ten years ago? I forget his name, but he. But Chuck Liddell. No, not Chuck Liddell. But, it, was, it was after him, but he. Everyone, but even then, it wasn't really karate. What, he was Kempo. But Kempo, yeah, which is karate. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Um, so here's 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 the thing about karate. Okay. Could also say it's the thing about 9-11 conspiracies or QAnon. Okay. <laughs> There's a grain of truth. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you understand practical reality combat sports, yeah, you can pull elements of the fantasy arts but the karate chop and make is, them work. The karate chop is bullshit, right? right? Come on. This is what are we doing with this? Aikido starts to work when you have a jujitsu black belt. Uh, Suddenly you have enough real martial control. To where you can then do a wrist lock. How far did you get in the karate cult? I got to my the kid black belt, one could say. Okay, so you're already, okay. It so, was classical, but Japanese, but karate. I quit in eighth grade. Okay, and that's because a great- Because in eighth grade was when one of my good friends, Dean Abenanti, showed me boxing, basic the boxing right. and me trying to hold my hands here and fucking out beat the fucking punch was like all right and then just to go fast forward um here i am now i'm in the marine corps reserves i got my first fucking car for 600 bucks uh 19 78 oldsmobile cutlass i think it was and I drive over to IMB Academy in Carson, and I start to train Muay Thai and boxing. Okay, Before, but, Muay Thai was big. Oh, yeah. So I was in the early days of that. So you go from- I have one pro Muay Thai fight. I win. It hurts like fucking hell. Yeah. My fuck, I break my shin in round oh. one. It's like you're being hit by a truck afterwards. Oh. I won because my hands were better. Right. And part of that, I will say, I got from the cult of karate. Ah. And the element of the cult of karate I got is don't fucking the telegraph. Ah. Now, not that you don't learn that also in boxing, but in the karate, because it sucks, you really have to learn how to not telegraph. Right. How to go from here, ta, but to there, right? Right. So... You can utilize parts of the truth found within the cult of karate yeah. that apply very well in reality arts. But if you don't know reality arts, you will never um, learn them. It's like well, boxing is a wonderful, simple martial art. Very simple. Jab, cross, hook, slip, bob, weave, yeah. footwork, hip tilt. You can learn it in a weekend. 
Sure. But you spend the rest of your life learning how to box. Right. So before you went to the, before you joined the Marine Corps Reserve. Yep. Were you in, were you in trouble? Why did you why did you join? You this is right out of high school. We're not going to get into my your bad years. Wanting the bad years. Come yeah. on, you gotta give. What did you do? You did something. No, I did all kinds of bad shit. You're fucking up. I will say this. Okay. The and I will end it here. Okay. Okay. Because we don't want to go on for fucking ever, right? Okay. <laughs> By far. And I've had some scary fucking experiences in my life. Not as scary as some, but scarier than fucking most. Mm -hmm. I've been shot at, but not hit. I've been stabbed twice. Um, Nothing. I've been in airports in parts of the world that are really scary, including... We won't... We'll go into that. What? Where? The By far, the most frightened I've ever been in my life was being in high school. I turned 18, senior year, show up to court to pay a, a drunken a public a fine. I didn't have the money. And I asked the judge, how long do I have but to pay now? And they carry me off. And within an hour, I'm on a chain gang to L.A. Well, County Jail. Right. 1981. <laughs> the height of the gang war. Right. I'm this white fucking high school kid. Holy shit. In L.A. County Jail. Yeah. And a riot kicks off. Oh. And I'm right where it kicks off over a guy's fucking shoes. No way. And it was by far, probably because of I was young at the time, all that, whatever. I have never been so fucking scared right in my life and once again brought me back to that awareness i had as a kid almost like deja vu the adults in charge are not adults right and this is insane yeah and i'm this is what the adult world is and when i came out of jail how did you make it out of the riot Oh, God. M- mattresses were coming off the fucking b- bunks, blocking the fucking doors. Hey, everyone, lay down or you will be beat. Lay down or you will be fucking. You, just, you could hear that thumping fucking, you, you know, concrete and fucking heads hitting. And, you know, yeah. it, it was just horrid. Three of us fucking white guys, you know, making our way in the back. There's the South Siders. And it was be- between the two black gangs. That start off because one of the black guys was sticking up for this other white guy over the shoes. It was this long fucking story, but yeah, yeah. It it was. I didn't sleep for fucking forty eight hours, and then finally, when I heard my name and number being called, this is pre a computer, right? Yeah. So this is this whole weird fucking world, and and it it was the the rumor in there was any fight, man. 30 fucking days, whether you started it or not, 30 days extra. I, I saw how you get stuck in the black hole. I'm like, oh my God, I could be in here on this and then get in a fight for 30 days and then this now, I'm Jesus. And But anyways, I re- remember in the last cell when you're on your way being released and you get your clothes back, 
there was an old guy, a probably homeless guy, really old guy, and he was cool. And I, I, I'm overhearing him because I'm overhearing fucking everything because I'm hyper alert, hyper aware because I'm fucking scared shitless. I'm still scared shitless. Yeah. And I could overhear him um, say to uh, this other guy, it was a long thing about the, the jail, a bunch of wise shit. And he said, when you leave out those gates, when they let you out the door, don't look back. Because if you look back, you're coming back. Oh, shit. And Pillar of salt. Like a, a fucking superstitious fucking thing. It hit me. And I made goddamn sure when I walked out, I did not turn my fucking head back. Yeah. I never... <laughs> you know, and that, Fuck that so, but that does not mean I, I learned, I still risked a prison in the morgue for years after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. years after that, by inches and seconds. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's the insanity. Yeah. 100%. I, right? I get this. I and had a micro version of that experience. So Nowhere near as bad, but right. same thing. Well, maybe worse. No. Not even close. Well, it's no secret that podcast advertising is taking the marketing landscape by storm. And I'm talking a deep storm, a storm with a letter that comes after after P in between R, that storm. Just kidding, not that storm. Uh, as a host, this, it's no secret that podcast advertising is taking the marketing landscape by storm. As a host, my audience trusts me to put out great content sometimes. And to curate sponsors with products or services they'll actually find useful. This is true. That's why part that's why that's part of why the host read ads work so well. But the process of booking these ads isn't always simple. Cluttered email chains, contracts, screening products. It's a huge time suck that gets in the way of picking the brands that are right for us. But it doesn't have to be. That's where Gumball comes in. Gumball makes things so easy. Advertisers book spots on shows like ours. Scripts come directly to us, and all we have to do is record. The easy-to-use, very intuitive interface literally feels like money for the show is magically appearing at our fingertips. I'll tell you how easy it is. Literally, you can put anything in front of me, Jason or Alex, and I'll just read it. And this is a very meta thing because I'm advertising the service that gives me the ads to read to advertise the service that gives me the ads to read that gives me more ads so I can do more drugs and then make more money to make more ads to buy more drugs. So the thing is, Gumball makes things so easy. Scratch. That, but it doesn't have to be. That's where Gumball comes in. Gumball makes things so easy. Advertisers book spots on shows. Oh, I read that. So figure that out. Bottom line, Gumball makes things easier for everyone. It helps us monetize, learn about advertisers before saying yes, and lets us work with brands that fit our audience using powerful demographic filters. It lets us know when you're getting paid, which is very important. It makes it easy to keep track of ad schedule. It's ad sales 2.0, baby. We're on Gumball, so guess what? You can buy ads on our show by going to gumball.fm and searching for Powerful Truth Angels. If you're an advertiser or a podcaster, have a look at gumball.fm, browse shows, discover near advertising options, or list your own podcast today. Gumball.fm. Put the gum in the ball. Mr. Howder uh, is, is a man of many hats, but the most uh, uh, interesting and recent uh, thing you're into is ventriloquism. 
Yeah, um, I actually like a lot of ventriloquists. As a kid, I was really obsessed with magic, ventriloquists, you know, all that stuff, right? Um, and of course, when you're a kid, ventriloquism seems so much more real. And I thought it was real. And well, I didn't ever really think it was completely real. But anyhow, um, like many things in my life, I put a lot of stuff on hold for, let's just call it practicality reasons. The My mother's pragmatic voice I could even hear in the back. Artists don't make any money. My brother's an artist and he never made any money. You got to get a career. You know, that classic, which is true, right? Um, I had the same fucked up voice in my head. I started to make music when I was a kid. And then some voice in me was like, you're never going to make it as a musician. Do something to make some money. You're going to be struggling. That's what the voice in my head said. You'll be struggling forever. Now, I don't think it's the problem with that voice is. I say seventy-five to ninety-two percent is right with most yeah. people. Yes. You're not going to be. It good. is. It is. It's like I often say: um, both the arts and athletics are things that are really fun. We have a passion for, and we love them so much that we will even pay to do them. So it creates in a culture a kind of thing where it's a pyramid and it's a very steep. And in the arts and athletics, only the very top of the pyramid is making money. And the very top's making tons of money. The blue chip New York artists, the pro athlete, they're making a killing at it. And then the next rung down are making a living. But... That's all shifted because now what's happened because of social media. Yes. Now, also at the top of the period, you're edging in like really shitty street artists, yeah. TikTok stars. Yeah. They're all up there taking taking real estate away from like the blue chip athletes and, they and are. artists and musicians. And they're fucking taking like chunks of it out. Right. And they're, that's the good part of social media. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, some of these, some yeah. of these fuckers got to go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, when the masses are the democracy, yeah, that's what you get. Wasn't it um, right. Socrates who said that the only problem with uh, a democracy is eventually, instead of electing the smartest and the brightest, they elect themselves. Oh, yeah. And when the masses elect themselves, look out. That's what we're experiencing right now. The, the downside, right? The downside mm -hmm. to democracy and access is that now everyone has a voice. Hi, Omar. Omar, do you have a voice? Everyone's got a voice. So, hey, no. What's your voice, Omar? Oh, I don't know what my voice is. <laughs> Ventriloquism. Ventriloquism. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm practicing now, so I will not practice any on the show, especially okay. when I don't have okay. Richard here, who's my co-host. Okay. Um, it's on the A Combat Base YouTube channel, and okay. episode one will launch next week. Okay. Good timing. Because everybody needs a gimmick. Yeah. Well, that, are you going to... And and just some backstory. I know Chris Howder from the gym. 
and we'll go into all that. Okay. But when when you train people, we would just you know pre COVID, uh, it would just there would just be times when it would just you would just start riffing, and you start riffing about shit, and it was the funniest, most fun time I had. You know, I mean, I had fun all the time in that in that gym rolling, but like with you, it was just like. You start riffing on shit and I'm fucking dying. I'm just laughing and cracking up. And I'm like, dude, why are you not, you know, like I feel like you could A, A, central casting, uh, bad cop all day, right? Uh, I think so. Yes. My wife's always, you can't act. And then I have other people tell me, dude, you should be an actor. And so I get these and then I have my mom in my head. Oh, you know how many struggling actors are out there? Yeah, but you're not. Where struggling. are all your actor friends waiting tables? But actually, that's not true. I actually have a couple of highly successful actor friends. Yeah, yeah but you but, wouldn't. But you wouldn't. This isn't like. It's not like something where you're going to drop everything. It's like you just go on some calls. Yeah. You see what fits. Things line up. It's just making yourself available, right? Yes. I don't believe in in the universe per se as like this fucking thing where you make a board and someone gives you something. But I do believe in being aware of opportunity and making yourself available. Being like, oh. Putting yourself in places like, oh, you know, talking to this guy, maybe going to cat. I don't know. Here's the thing with me. Yeah. Um, and not to turn this podcast into a um, autobiography slash mea culpa, but um, as a result of certain events, genetics, whatever it is, when I was a kid, there was a long period of time in which I could barely even speak because I stuttered. Right. And it was so bad that I was almost mute. Right. And there are some good things about that. Number one, when you're a youngest child and you're growing up around some... Um, alcoholism and other weird things, you become a very keen observer when you cannot verbally participate. Mm -hmm. So it creates a keen observer. Mm. And I've always thought of myself, um, and I recall taking one of those personality, what should your job be things about 15 years back when, when I was rising out of the ashes of a giant fuck up in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, the job they said I ought to be is a historian, journalist, mediator, moderator. Right. Um, because I think, and I take pride in this, here's my ego, I'm humble bragging here. I fucking really do want to see both sides or all sides of every issue. Right. It's just something I I I know truth is is a, a fleeting ever moving a uh, target yes. and as soon as you think you pinned it down yes you just get another perspective right and so as a stutterer growing up right um it was almost like the way i could break it is i would have to go pretend i was this other character and then because if i'm the real me the insecure kid in me i stutter but if i break it and I pretend I act, then I could bypass the stuttering. Right. And that was kind of a trick I used. Oh, yeah. So the ventriloquism thing, um, what kind of pulled me away is it actually scared the shit out of me too, right? Because as a kid, I watch, 
I watched the episode of about Twilight Zone. Yeah. Where the guy, you know, it's real and stuff. And there's other, I mean, it's clearly a, a scary trope, as are all dolls and puppets. Because part of our human psyche knows that our alter ego or the dark side can come out through a puppet or right. through a dummy. Right. And so, but you got to lean into what you're afraid of in life. And I think that's the thing we learn from reality, but combat sports, like, mm. but jujitsu mm. is you, if you lean into what you're afraid of, because most of the time I'm convinced, at least with me personally, that we are, we're not so much afraid of injury or even re really dying as much as we're afraid of looking bad mm. and a, a public shame. Right. And especially in this age of social media, wokeism, cancel culture, religious right purity tests, everybody's afraid of what others will think about uh, them and their opinions. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, one could say the, the um, populism of the right, um, but Trumpism was kind of a lash out against the populism of the left, which was Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Wokeism. Yeah. And then you, you, you kind of have these two extremes that have kind of canceled out moderation. Right. In my opinion. And, and just the fact that I think personally, too, combined yeah. the, the rise of Trump is also combined with there's huge swaths of America that couldn't handle the fucking idea that black people were fucking in the White House. Clearly. It fucked them up. Clearly. <laughs> right. They just were like, they just, they, they, I think that that's, that's where they went crazy. And Trump just snatched that up and was just like, you know what I mean? I was in London the when in 2008 when Obama won. Right. And I remember I went to sleep and I was fairly convinced he would lose. Mm -hmm. Because I, I said for, for a long time then, we're in the post 9-11 era. There's no way America will elect, elect- I didn't think it would happen. A black guy mm -hmm. whose name sounds like Osama bin Laden. Right. There's just no way. And I remember it was maybe four in the morning. I woke up, I checked my iPhone three or whatever it was, and I saw he won. And I was in shock. And I was actually thrilled. Whether you liked his uh, politics or not, um, here it was. It was like, I wonder if, um, if America is really post racial now right now th th that was the hopeful i'm gonna call it naive aspect of me yeah you thought for a second we felt like we moved through something which is like very tamped but down because ultimately there's an, an overarching let's call it the a punk rocker in me whatever it is i'm kind of a pessimist yeah. and a skeptic yeah and there was a great article i think it was in harper's magazine January before he was inaugurated. 
which basically said the truth of the a matter is the American liberal left does not see what Obama really is, which is a moderate neoliberal. Yeah. And the American right thinks he's the Muslim antichrist communist. Right. And both of them had such an inaccurate view of who Obama was. Right. And that is a recipe for a post-truth. Right. And that, it, it was the dawn of the rise of social media. News had clearly become the two independent spheres at, at that uh, point in time, right? Yeah. And the other the thing- News had already changed into non-news by then, right? It, it was, was non-news. Like, it was news based yes. on what you, what you wanted to know. And I remember this um, the conversation so well. I was on a, um, a construction job, which is one of my other skills. I could build fucking anything from the ground up and, and install your crown molding. Okay. Um, but I'm bragging. Um, and me and one of my co-workers, white guy, all week we'd been kind of discussing how the construction trades particularly out West are basically all immigrant now, mm -hmm. illegal immigrant. And there's a lot of white resentment about that. Right. And it's understandable. And this goes back to, you could go back to the history of Irish and Italian immigrants in New York off the boat. You can go back to, if we end slavery, they'll steal our jobs, the white unions, like all this stuff, right? Uh, and here we are having this uh, talk, like throughout the course of a whole job in a week. And how, you know, over here, I, I just hate when I pull up on a job. I don't want to hear fucking mariachi music. <laughs> I want to hear rock and roll. <laughs> and they want to hear Van Halen. And we were discussing Hillary and Obama because it was when they were in the uh, primaries, right? Yeah. And my friend was really into John McCain, whom I like. And I was kind of like, as soon as he picked Palin, I don't know anymore. Um, but anyways, to make this long story come down, I remember we'd had this long talk and I'm like, but dude, what what is it about him you don't like? And he's like, look, I know he's smart. I know he's educated. I know he isn't a racist, but, and I go, but, and I go, is it because he's black? And he goes, it's not because he's black. It's because he's going to empower the others. Right. And it was like, that was it. From it's like, now mouth. I get it. So you're not a racist, but, and he's like, yeah, I really feel like, and I remember like, and there was a brief a period of time in my life in which I was a cop. Right. And I can promise you, I know white cops who would pass with tears in their eyes, any polygraph, that they are not racist. Right. Yet, if I'm looking at, at their actions from the lens of let's just call it woke-ish, I won't even call it woke, 
those actions are going to appear to me to be what they call structurally racist. Yes. Because humans cannot not stereotype. Right. So Ex- that's it. We exactly. cannot not do that. Right. It's just something we cannot not do. Right. And being ultra woke is almost it's the same just, as being racist when yes. you're like everyone's like no everyone is actually a little fucked up and everyone thinks things all the time about other people because it's tribalism right that's all correct. These, it's like and to not to say that you think like you know because you come from a liberal college right and you come from money and you're like everyone's fair now you're in a bubble. homeless right and you know yep. homeless people deserve this and this people deserve that and drug addicts all these things and you can that can be your your theory but when you put boots on the ground it's just not true and that's like Another thing where um, one of my other um, friends, I wouldn't call him a close friend. He's a a jujitsu, a black belt, army, a combat infantry in Iraq, um, NYPD. And he's a black guy and he's on the right. And um, him and I, we've had a few discussions and stuff like stereotypically, he would be the guy who you would assume would be woke on the left. And I would be the 56-year-old short-haired white male who one would assume I'm on the right. Right. Because 74% of me voted for Trump. Right. And 85% of him voted for Biden. Right. And here's the thing. His job now, because he's been a cop for a while in the hood, and he watches um, recorded cell phone cams, recordings of liquor store robberies, street cams, and he sees the horror right. of the street every day. Right. And he sees wanton amounts of violence, whether it's white or black, Latin, brown, whatever color. It puts you in a place where our primal brain, which is our martial arts brain, is worried about the needs that we need and we have needed throughout the the hundred plus thousand years we've been human. Right. And those needs are easily fed. And those needs are real. Like your safety. Right. Right. So when somebody on the woke left. Right. Who tells a cop that I feel violated by the language on a campus. Right. Fuck you. By language. Right. Fuck you. You don't know what violation is. Right. 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 And so from there, (laughs) a perspective. Yeah. And that it is the most absurd thing watching snow of flakes whine about a word right right or a term right or you're supposed to figure out what to call me right but we're but then but then you have to also you know some words are are forms of control yes they are and, are and words, that's the whole words, structural right. part right there are words that are like you know yes that those are fighting words absolutely and that's 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 an that's basically your that's an assault right there you say certain things to certain people correct i'm not talking about one to identify as a goldfish or be half kitten that that's sure you know, i don't think you should you know and also the the thing about seeing people on on tape like when you're seeing people 
in neighborhoods doing fucked up shit. Fucked up shit. It's a hundred percent socioeconomic. It right. doesn't matter that they're black, white, Mexican. Right. It's just it's just they're fucking broke. Absolutely. And they're being brought up in a system that's that's a lot. And I'm not being like, you know, again, like I'm like not, you know, I'm like, I mean, I know where the fuck I stand, but I'm also like, it. I'm not saying that people aren't accountable, but what I'm saying is that it could be anybody doing that shit, depending sure. on where the fuck you grew up. Exactly. And if you take it's, it has, but the thing is that we tribally and also people upstairs to control shit is like black. They they have to, you know, they keep it all, you know, they play those cards. They well, do the Mexicans play those are cards. coming, the blacks yep. are doing this. Yep, yep. And it's like, you know, it could be it, it's it's all it's it's all <laughs> it's such a fucking bad. Even talking about it is like Sure. Know. And and um it's like historically was it Mark Twain who said history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Wow. And right now it's rhyming loud. And um, I attribute a lot of that to the fact that the conservatives of the World War II era are gone. Mm. And they're the ones that saw what happens when far right populist movements go out of a control. Ah. And it's it's the Eisenhowers who made sure people knew, yes, there is a far left the communist threat, clearly, but there was a far right Nazi threat. Right. And a far right fascist movement. But they're gone now. So the warnings, the, the, those because... The left can't tell the right what to do any more than the right can tell the left. But it's almost like the, these two camps, which unfortunately we have to cram ourselves in because humans are trapped in a logic loop of the binary. And we have, the, the left has to police up itself just as the right does. But neither side is actually looking out for people. They're just looking out for power for themselves. That's, That's what I think. Right? I like on both sides, it's just it's just control. Well, we'll control these guys with CNN and we'll control these guys with Fox. That's the power argument, right. which right. has grains of truth, right? Right. Um, the, the, the only problem I have with, with the uh, power arguments is it's two stepping stones away from a conspiracy theory. Sure. Meaning that there's organized a cabal of no, yeah, le no. left-wing media and or an organized cabal of right-wing. And there sort of is. Right. But it's loose. It's not these guys meeting in, in, in a room going, okay, what what will we have on the news right. next week? What's the new color With for 22? With the exception of like Sinclair a media, which kind of runs... Local news, they do issue occasionally things where almost every reporter will read a script. Right. And that's also, I think, why people want the authenticity, let's call it. I'm going to call it the fake authenticity of right. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, a podcast, because it somehow comes across as more organic. Right. But I would guess that whether you're a t 
Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow that you're basically doing, they're doing in sort of the same thing you and I are right now. They're just talking fucking heads. Right. Who get to interview a lot of people, read a lot of people, and get eyeballs to fucking watch them on a screen. But that's those people, like I think for the most part, that's what I'm talking about. Like the most of these people, they're just doing, I'm not like, yeah, I didn't want, I, I couldn't stand fucking Trump. I wanted him to fuck out. Do I love Biden? No, but it's, it's a better than the other option, right? And that was the option that was presented to me. They cut away all the other options that I liked and said, here, you can have this guy or this guy. This is the way I called it. And my, look, Trumper, my friends and family, which I have. Yeah. And I have close friends, guys who, who would take around for me and I've heard of them who love Trump. Right. Um, from my perspective, the, the 2016 election for most uh, people was basically a choice between a three-day-old McDonald's cheeseburger <laughs> and the unknown mystery sandwich. Right. And people said, I know what that shitty old cheeseburger tastes like already. Yeah. I'll choose the mystery sandwich. Yeah. And this recent election... I think was much more of now a five-day-old McDonald's cheese burger or a shit sandwich. Yeah. And I think if you wanted to just to fuck everything up, let's destroy the, the establishment as is. I don't care. Yes, it's a shit sandwich, but let's throw it at the fucking establishment. You went Trump. And it, it, if you went, I just want normalcy. I believe in the virus. I don't believe in the conspiracies, this QAnon shit, wh right, whatever. Right. I don't care. I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to eat the old cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> That's America. It's the old fucking McDonald's cheeseburger. We're still eating it. We're still eating it. So you were a stutterer. I was a stutterer. As a child. I still kind of am. You could probably hear it once occasionally. A, once in a while, yeah. Yeah. I, can, I wish I, I had my dummy here, Richard. I wish you brought He'll that be here on dummy. the next podcast. I wish you fucking brought Richard. He'll be here on the next. Okay. So I'm gonna I wanna get the timeline. I wanna get the howder timeline. Okay. Yes. So you were how old were you when you were when you were stuttering and there was an issue and then you started to fix it? You know, I remember being near mute sometime that in kindergarten first grade. Um and my a stuttering would sometimes be not as bad, sometimes horrific. And I remember trying to figure out when, where, how, and why. I remember being in second grade recess, and I can't think of his name. A kid came up to me and mentioned, you stutter. And of course, my face goes red. As if no one knows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just called it out. Yeah. And he said, I did too. And I went to a place and they helped me. Oh. Like how shocking is some kid because like in a, a lot of ways, we can think of either as children as being really cruel or Mostly. occasionally brilliantly yeah. compassionate. It's very rare that they're compassionate. Like, I want to help you. He's like, you stutter. Oh, fuck he, you. Here Eat was, this turd. Right. Yeah. Here was one of those like compassionate a moment. Right. And I remember I went home and I said to my mom, 
I stuttered it out that this kid said that he got helped. And my dad, although he never mentioned it, my mom said to me not long ago that it troubled him greatly that I stuttered. So I sensed it, which makes it worse. And you sense his, you sense his feelings about it. Yes, it was but bothering I, dad. My, my dad, but I don't hold it against them at all, right? And my mom's like the advice that my mom got, and at the time I was seeing a shrink because. I would have nightmares like almost every night where I wake up screaming all that. And um, the advice at that time, besides Ritalin, is to ignore it and it will go away oh. when he grows up. Oh. But it didn't. When was this? Like the, the 60s? I'm not that fucking old. Yeah. Um, so I, I was born... In the winter of 64, so I was an infant the year of 1965. 65, yeah. Okay. I like to say I was born in the late 60s. Yeah. I grew up in the 70s. Yeah. I came of age in the 80s. Yeah. I lost my cool in the 90s. It's crazy when you think of <laughs> the stuff that, you know, in, in, in that era in the 60s, they didn't even know how to like work out yet. Right, like they didn't even know how no. food worked, and, or have steroids yet. Yeah, they just didn't know. No, nothing. They just like <laughs> there was a couple guys that were buff, and they did some shit that, that no one else so did. Cute. Yes, yeah, God. But like God. nobody knew anything back then, and I no. still we still don't know what the fuck we're doing. But we know how to make a mess of a lot of things. You know, we know how to do a lot of shit. We do. Yeah. You know, it's like the steroids. I've often said, and I could be wrong, and I could get a bunch of athletes scream at me right now. Steroids are the rule, right? Yeah. Just like other drugs, the abuser gets caught. The user almost never gets caught. Right. And most guys who are involved in athletics, pro or amateur, there's just like there were quacks 10 years ago all over LA where you hook your Oxycontin up. There's quacks all over where you get your steroids because it's anti-aging, your testosterone replacement or whatever it is, human growth hormone. Yeah. And when you see a, a pro athlete injured and a week later he's back in the game, that ain't because he's Superman. Right. That's because of modern medical science. Right. And modern medical science includes performance-enhancing drugs. And so when a guy is caught, he feels like, why are you picking on fucking me? Right. And I get that. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, so you so you were, okay, so you were, you, you, got a, you got a hold of the stuttering. That was your first thing that you beat, right? No. No. That's a thing that, that has come and gone, oh. waxed and waned right. over my entire life. Huh. Okay. And what I did was instead of trying to become aware of it and end it and kill it, in essence, I took my mom's advice. I fucking ignore it. Right. I say, accept the fact I stutter. Yeah. And if you insult me about it, I'm going to punch you in the face. There you go. <laughs> it's such an interesting thing because it's like completely, it's completely psychological too, right? It's not neurological. 
I don't no, think so. You don't know. I mean, I think that a neurological habit, if kept over time, yeah. can become part of the physiology as well. Right. I mean, even a neurological pathway is in essence a node, a, a giant cluster of nerves traveling through a material pathway, that being your neurons, right? right. Some collection of neurons. I, I mean, how do we escape materialism? And that's like, what, what, I mean, the, not to jump deep into philosophy because I'm no philosophy expert, but I'm an amateur lover of. Yeah. Is like, what is spirit versus material? And why do we even have that yeah. perception, which is once again, trapped in logic of yes, no, wrong, right, black, white. Is that reality? Right. How we see reality, we cannot escape the trap of ones and zeros, yeses and nos. And so my entire book combat base philosophy is to bring not only myself, but others aware of that trap. Yeah. Not that I'm the only one who's made that this attempt. I mean, I became aware of it. When I became really aware of it was in high school on a three hit acid trip. Right. Okay. And, and I, I can distinctly remember whether it was real or not, the illusion or the reality of escaping that trap, because I could feel the OCD aspect of, of my brain. Do, 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 do. And where you get out of it, hmm. where you get yourself to another a perspective. To where you can't ever escape it, but you can almost observe it from outside of yourself. Mm. And it was that moment in high school where I came up with the whole, with my theory, or I ripped it off, I don't know, um, because I think everything is almost ripped off, right? It's like art, you're an artist and know that whether we trace the image or we steal the image from our mind yeah. or we steal the sound from our mind, everything is a blend and a mix, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're observing yourself, you create an awareness and almost as if, let's just, we'll call it the, as a model, the core you is here, like the nucleus of an atom. And every ring is a ring of, of awareness. So you become aware of yourself. Then you become aware of being aware of yourself. Right. Then you become aware of the awareness of being aware. And now you're, you can sort of see how each of those layers is stuck in the binary. Each right. single layer is, is another trap of the binary. So you move this out through calculus, which I don't really, I can't perform the math of, but I do understand the genius of calculus. That is what then expands into 
infinity, which is something that we cannot comprehend with the logic of the binary. Right. And the acid or hallucinogenics very simply just remove you from this initial perspective for a bit. For a bit. And that's the whole thing. And I think while I was on there, I really saw it. Maybe, oh, yeah. I, I, right? I had so many of those where I was like, so many times I took acid and I was like, that's it. I just figured it out. And the next day I'm like, I have no access to that. I know. It's like, fuck. Even if I drew it or wrote yeah. it, it didn't make sense. I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, it's all about the line and the cloud and the sun and the convergence. And I'm like, I got it. Right. And then I'll you remember went, it tomorrow. And the next day you're like, eh, I'm fucked up. You just can't even like, you're so, you're so destroyed. Where'd you go to high school? Aviation High School. Where's that? Redondo Beach. Okay. Now closed. Closed my life. And you grew year. up in Redondo. I, I, in Manhattan Beach. Manhattan Beach. Before Manhattan was Brentwood, which it is now. Right. Not that it wasn't always a nice, sleepy, sort of removed from LA town. Yes. But I remember I could climb on my roof and you could actually see LA. Yeah. And it was kind of cool, right? It was like... And as a kid, I always thought L.A. was New York. Right. In my oh, mind, right, 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 that's New York yeah, yeah. because we grew up watching the TV. Yeah. When you're right? a kid, you think every city is New York. Right. Right. And we, we kind of grew up in the in that golden age of yeah. the TV, right? right, right. The sitcom, the, right. the reruns. Yeah. Uh, and... I've often said it, 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 it's like New York and L.A. Everybody hates them because New York and L.A. really are the cultural capitals of America, if yes. not the world. Sure. They're beyond a shadow of a doubt, whether it's film and music. Right. Art and fashion. Right. The casual, the palm tree on the beach. Yeah. New York and L.A set the trends of the world. Yes. So of course you fucking hate us. Right. Because you might like the fashion or not, but yeah. it it's like, and, and it's all very silly to a guy who is like, you know, in Pittsburgh fucking bending steel or some shit. He's like, who gives a fuck right. about what the fuck this guy, this guy's making, this guy, this little jerk's making t-shirts and right. t hats and shit. Like fuck it, you know, or even, you know, like you know, I, I get caught up into it when I'm looking at like clothes and fat. I'm like, who, I sometimes I'm like, who gives a fuck? I don't care. I just want to right. fucking, you know, I, you know, it gets, it gets overwhelming. It's a lot. It's a lot of noise. And it's like when um, a guy moves uh, to LA because he wants to be an actor. Yes. People don't realize what LA is. Yes. Because in our minds. They, they think it's entourage. Right. Yeah. And it's either entourage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The beach. <laughs> yeah. Gangs. Yeah, yeah. Homeless. Yeah. Or Hollywood Hills, right? Yeah. yeah. It, and it's all those fucking things. Yeah, yeah. And in LA, it it takes it, you three days to go from the beach to the hood yes. to Hollywood Hills, right? right. And it's you never not see this it condensed all. thing. You'll right? never see all of it. No. It's impossible. Like there's even impossible. just yeah. even just in LA, you're like, there's a there's a little mini Armenia, there's a tiny Korea, there's right. a Thai town right there. Yeah. Worlds unto themselves where there's a whole different thing. There's different rules. Yes. You go to fucking Koreatown, you can go to fucking you've been able to go to after our speakeasy joints forever. Right. Before it was cool. You go if you right. know someone yeah, in that yeah. world, you could go somewhere at four in the morning and drink. Yeah, there's and fucking, all kinds of cool yeah, shit so, all over LA. But you can never know. But you, you, it's too much. Unless you're connected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing about LA too, is yeah. 
is is L.A. is almost a character that yeah. plays itself. Yeah. Not only in film, movies, 100%. but in our heads, right? Yes. L.A. plays itself all the time. My but drive over here, I leave Redondo Beach. Yes. Which is now every year becomes more and more upscale. We're being gentrified the fuck out of the beach. Right. It's just inevitable. All the coastal areas. All right? the coastal the areas. The whole coast right? is just going to yep. be. And here's the joke. They're, they're shoring up the coast from Malibu all the way fucking eventually Long Beach, right? Oh, yeah. They're yep. shoring up the coast. They're just, they're just, they're just chipping away. But the, the thing that they're not fucking, they're not worrying about is one day, a fucking wave is just gonna come knock all that shit out. Yes, and you're gonna you're gonna you know it's just gonna get ripped. Like that's that's the that's the only uh, payback for that bullshit, right? Because like, I mean, yeah, I think that kind of reminds me of of what I'm gonna call my my Albert Camus style existentialism, right? Yeah. One day in what is it? 70 billion years or whatever long, the sun will swallow up the fucking earth. Sure. And everything we've ever done, written, seen, whatever. Oh, yeah. Is gone. Oh, yeah. You mean erased. I mean gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gone. And if, let's just say, we're smart enough where we we create some, we um, computerize memory model, we build this thing because we're so advanced. We're so important. We upload all our consciousness and brains and all this stuff. We're so fucking important. Eventually, the universe is going to even swallow up fucking that. Right, that hard drive. Which right. we might be in right now. Right, which we, we may be it's in not, right I know fucking we're getting now. into right, weird right, territory, right. but it's not impossible. Right. And if we are, that's our reality. Great. Sure. And um, and even that, right? Yeah. It's almost like it. the wisdom of Hinduism, right. which is the world's oldest religion, yeah. which is like estimated to be 15,000 years old. Yeah. I mean, people think, but Christianity has all these sects, right? Hinduism has all kinds. And that's like the a pattern of the universe now revealed by science, in essence. Right. right? But God wakes up and then it's all gone. And then he has to go back, but to sleep, which is us not realizing that we are in a dream yeah and it's all a dream or we're uploaded and all that and you know that that's the matrix movies which were inspired by the french philosophers baudrillard right Right. and that's that whole thing which really is what is reality yeah and how can our tiny little fucking meat computers that can't see anything beyond ones and zeros, wrongs and rights, how can we fucking even comprehend that? So that's wh- that's you know what? That and all of that shit, right? That's why that's why Buddhism is is, you know, because they always talk yes. about I'm just realizing this right now. Which they is always talk about Hinduism the, exported. Right. Yep. And they always talk about uh, having a lack of desire, right? That's the yes. whole thing. Being free of desire. And I've always never because I never, that treats pain. Right, I've never contemplated that, but that's the problem with everyone is that this whole planet, everyone on it, is that we're all trying to have shit, right? Right. And we're all trying our own separate way, especially America, and, and you know more than others. Sure. And and everyone's trying to have something. Everyone's trying to, and and we're set up this model of what Americans should be, and we're all supposed to be rich, famous, and have everything all yes. the time. 
and you know us especially. I think as Hitchens said, America is not suffering from a lack of selfishness and greed. There's no doubt that we don't need more of that. Right, and because we're all obsessed, and occasionally there are people out there who think that's our problem. We're not thinking enough about ourselves, right? It's like I think it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and if 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 we if we didn't have such a need for more than what we need, then we would be able to contemplate this kind of shit. But you know, that's hardwired of- into our primal biology, right? Right? So, <laughs> yeah. So hardwired. Yeah. In Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The primal needs down here for Security, shelter, food, sex, which are the primal needs that attract people to combat sports, mm. martial arts. And I, I used to give this speech all the time and then I've been told it's crass and I should stop. But feeding, fighting, fucking. Right. But the three F's are what primally attract you to learn how to fight. Right. And it's also those kind of jobs and those kind of things fulfill those needs, but they somewhat ignore or can ignore right. the higher needs, right? Yeah. And those are empirical, those things are empirical actions and needs, right? Feeding, fighting, fucking, it's just you're hungry, you're horny. And you're in a conflict. Yes. There's no, and there's always uh, a solution to all of. There's no amorphous end to that. Right. You fuck. You eat. You fight. It's you a win, struggle. Lose, right. right. That's everything all is are. a struggle. Right. And that's the human story as well. Right. Right. And that's what creates a story. It, it, it it's like whether it's comedy, drama. Um, what's the other one? I can't remember. Or is it all just, but tragedy, right? Isn't yeah. it like I don't. But um. They all are basically struggle, conflict, resolution, <laughs> struggle, conflict, but resolution. But we're so removed right? from it, right? Especially right. here. Yeah. We're so removed from the idea of like, we're so removed oh, from the idea of like the world sure. being what it is. And the world is very violent. And we're still, we're still tribes at the end of it. When you take away all the shit, we're still just trying to kill each other and make sure that we win. We're doing it within America. We're doing it outside of America with other people. And Monkeys we, with language and guns. Right. But, we, but we're so insulated and there's so many rules that none of us think anything bad is going to happen. Uh, none of us think that like, you know, they talk about don't go to war and don't do these things. But I think, I think humans have to do these things. It's part of our nature in that it's the nature of any animal to compete and eat each other. We have to fuck each other up. It's built into our DNA. But I would say when, and I barely grazed it, but when you study, let's call it the long arc of human history, Mm -hmm. right? 50, 75 years ago, it was completely acceptable to intentionally bomb non-combatants right 200 years ago it was completely acceptable to own other humans and beat your kids in public yes yeah yeah yeah. it was completely acceptable a hundred years ago to after church take your kids to a public hanging right so if you look at the long arc of history 
we one could say, depending on your ethics, mine at least, say we have improved over time. Yes. We have progressed. Yes. And I hesitate to use that word because when anyone hears that now on the right, they automatically, that means you're woke, progressive, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas like American history is filled with eras. There's the colonial era, the... I, the, the Confederate era, the Reconstruction era, the Federalist era, or, or does that come after the colonial era? I, I can't remember. The, the um, Progressive era, which basically began with uh, Theodore Roosevelt against monopolies and the big banks. And then that era basically ended the last year of Carter. And then we entered the neoliberal era where it was a return to kind of the age of enlightenment idea that the capitalism would solve the world's problems. And hence the George W. Bush speech, which everyone thinks is a conspiracy, which it's not. The New World New Order, Order. Yeah. just means that if China is making all the shit for fucking Walmart, we're not going to have a world war. That's all it means. The, the, the new world order is an economic order. Right. Globalism, right? And the American right wing, especially the, what I'm going to call the management class, the moneyed class, was all for global trade, free trade, open it up. Then at that point, the American labor left was against that because that affected our unions, wages and all that. It goes back to when Nike and everyone else moved overseas right. and said, now your products will become cheaper. How yeah. much cheaper is the Nike fucking shoe? Not, cheaper to make. Yeah, not right? to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to sell. Those shoes, those shoes are, are, right. are not expensive to make. The dream of neoliberalism had good and bad, yeah. just like progressivism has good and bad, right? And the Cold War was in essence, the, the West, um, Europe and the US, had a loose alliance of Western liberals who were for human rights, democracy across the world, and Western conservatives who were for, let's open the markets. And a little bit of democracy is cool too. And Western liberals are like, yeah, we're down with capitalism. That's fine. And that created the neoliberal order. And one could say it's possibly ended with a Donald Trump, who is ironically is populist right wing, but it's anti-globalization. It's anti that old order, which is really the Reagan Republican order. Right. And so that's why you found so many never Trump Republicans within the establishment who are not only neoconservative regarding America's Cold War relic posture, which is now a relic, but in the post 9-11 era, what was NATO anymore? Right. And then this is just my opinion. The post 9-11 era, America 
whether local LAPD, NYPD pulled their eyes off of other crimes and went all into terrorism, or the American national security establishment took their eyes off Russia and China, went all into Islam. I think that's what gave the window in the opening of the rise of Russia and China. And Russia is basically a crony, but capitalist, nuclear armed mafia state. Right. Which is fucking scary. Right. And people always go, oh, Russia, everyone talking about, oh, we're not scared. You should be fucking scared of Russia. I mean, I, I don't want to say fear. Yeah. But you have, of, but Putin is far smarter than <laughs> Trump was, clearly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I always say it's like, and you realize this if you travel out of the United States. Yeah. Is the rest of the world knows America, but we don't know them. Yeah. And our enemies are, or are, are, I, I shouldn't say enemies because now I sound like a neocon, right? But our, comp our competition out there, let's call them that. They know us in some ways better than we know ourselves. Going back to, we don't see ourselves because we are inside of the frame. Yes. And it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. Right. They're looking at it from outside. They see us. And they created factories to understand. And, and it's like but Putin's in main advisor starts with an S Surkov, I think his name was he began as more of an anti but Putin street artist guy who I was he was probably arrested and then offered a job and he became but Putin's basic um but propaganda guy huh. and what Russia did just as America, we export Nike and Levi's. Russia has almost, in essence, exported its style of politics into America without us even becoming aware of it. Uh, yeah. It's a fake democracy. And if you want to destroy America, which is something Osama bin Laden said, but we didn't listen to but i promise you china russia did you destroy it from within from within yeah you it's like they said in afghanistan america has the watch we have the time uh and the democracy's weakness has been exploited to an extreme and authoritarianism, its strength is the opposite of the weakness of democracy, which is, again goes back to why the, the World War II conservatives, Churchill, Eisenhower, would say things like, um, for all of its flaws, but democracy is still the best system. And we'll call it representative but democracy, just in case people think I mean mob rules, I don't. 
Because democracy, what it offers is hope for change. Whether you loved Trump or hated him, whether you were meh with Hillary or loved her, what democracy does is it says in four years, we have a chance to change. And change, and I'm going to loosely use the word again, progress, progressive. But democracy is the aberration in human history created from European enlightenment, a bunch of white guys who were tired of the aristocracy who came up with this thing that was tried in America and then spread across the world. And now it is in retreat. Mm. And I don't think anyone can argue that democracy itself is under threat. And if you're on the right, you believe it was stolen by the left. And if you're on the left, you believe it's being manipulated by social media giants and corporations. Okay. All right. Let's get get off of that. Fuck. Fuck. I got to get a juice. Hold on one second. Yeah. Let's kill this podcast. No, no, no. No, no, we're just going to start it. Let's kill it. I got to tell the Chris Hopper story. Because I'm going to end up locked up. Yeah, they're going to come get you before you finish. (laughs) The communists will lock me up and the right-wing fascists, right? They'll both lock me up. (laughs) That's the problem of being the moderate. Or trying to be the moderate. Right. Trying to be the moderate. It's arrogant to claim you're moderate.